Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the recorded episode with my good friend, Courtney Berg, that I promised you, much anticipated. Court, I had a lot of members come on and say, I don't have a question, but I'm so excited about this because they know you, they follow you. For those of you who don't know, Courtney is on Instagram. Her handle is her name, Courtney J. Berg. And uh, she specializes in boundaries and inner child work. And she's got a membership. She's got courses that between your work and my work and the synergy that we've had together personally the past few years, it's life-changing. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks for having me. So thanks for being here. I'm so excited for this conversation. So how it's going to work y'all for today is we do have a few questions and you know how I operate. I love to deep dive, especially in conversation with other people. So I'm going to read the questions give a little background, just a little bit, and then turn it over to Courtney and we'll just have a dialogue because I think that's where a lot of the learning really happens and and people can identify with a lot of what we're going to talk about today. This episode is made possible by Kaylee's core community. The core community membership is a community of people committed to intentional parenting through the power of relationships. All members gain access to The Vault, which has over 20 workshops on topics ranging from parental triggers to whining, with a new one added every single month on so many various topics. Members also get workbooks, journals, inventories, books for children, and a weekly Q&A with Kaylee all within a private website and a private Facebook group where we share weekly commitments, parenting wins, encouragement, and solidarity for those tough parenting moments. Learn more at www.kayleekukla.com backslash core, C-O-R, which stands for Centered on Relationships. The link is in the show notes. Now back to this core conversation. So my biggest boundary struggle is getting comfortable with the other person's big reaction, especially when it's your husband. So this person in particular, it's, it's, um, with her husband, it's incredibly unhealthy and there's distinct possibility that he'll be done with the relationship for context. I'm recovering. So we go into just essentially different dynamics between husband and wife. And there's a lot of fear undermining, and this is a 20 year marriage, but zooming out a little bit, I want to talk about, because I think that this is a big boundary struggle for everybody. I'm afraid of how the other person is going to react. So what's point number one to make? There's a whole lot here, but point number one. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it's really common and kudos to her for writing in and just being aware about it because I think that when we can get honest about where we're at with how we're handling the challenges and the dynamics in our relationships, especially our closest relationships, like a spouse or the in-laws or a sister, I think that that's like the first step. So kudos to them, but it's really common, especially if the culture that we've been raised in. So again, early childhood, this is your thing, Kaylee, but you know, if we look at the dynamic, the family system that we had as a child, and we've learned that if I have a voice or if I share my opinion on this, or if I have a limit or a need and it's not receptive, it's not met, it's not advocated for, then as we get older and we become parents or a wife or, you know, a husband to somebody, we can still have that fear of like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you if I speak up. Because again, it was probably punished or shamed out of me. So I have that fear. But what I like to share with people is that A, it's super common and super normal, but that we can rewire it and we can change how we show up and we can actually allow people, this is why I love boundaries so much, to have a better understanding on how to love us. And we can give them an opportunity, right? We can give them an opportunity. Like we can create new memories. We can create new conditioning. We can create, you know, new safety in our life. And that starts with that self-trust. And so I think it's, Hey, I see that I'm afraid in this moment and I can still communicate in a kind and clear way what I need and my boundary while also knowing I can navigate the backlash. So there's people that won't like it. Maybe your husband, maybe your in-laws, and that's okay. As a people pleaser that she said she was, and having that anxious tendency, I don't actually have to pick this up and fix it, right? So we can kind of live in that land of and. I'm scared of this and I can set the boundary and I don't have to manage how they respond. And so it's just the practice of that. I think, and so this practice, because this has been game-changing, I've never considered myself a people pleaser before, but I think, you know, my conditioning was more of the fixer, which really is a people pleasing tendency, like backdoor way of doing it. Right. So I think what you really said that for members who are like, what practice, like where do you even start with this practice of getting comfortable being uncomfortable is this, this idea of trust. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we grow up in a toxic system, it's hard to trust because you talk a lot about this in your work because there's a lot of secrets. And so how can we trust when there's always things being covered up and we're gaslit? No, that's not really a big deal. Or no, that didn't really happen that way. You're being overdramatic. We learn not to trust ourselves. And not when we're not accepted fully as a child, we don't, we don't trust ourselves because we've learned to morph ourselves into a version that's acceptable, Mm -hmm. right? So I can't trust who I am authentically, who I was created to be. I have to be this person. And then that's where we find lack of boundaries, enmeshment, codependency, fear, anxiety, and it shows up, it shows up in our parenting and our marriages. And so it's the rebuilding of self-trust, but that happens, like you said, in that practice of really just holding those thoughts captive, looking at it and saying, okay, what am I responsible in this? And what am I not? And really truly returning to the belief that I'm actually worthy of having these boundaries. My family is worthy of it. You know, like this is the safety that I never got in my childhood, or this is the acceptance and being seen 
and heard that I never got. And that's really cool. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's super powerful to start owning that, mm-hmm. you know, just saying that's not mine. I'm not going to pick it up. This is mine. This is what helps me thrive. This is what helps me feel safe, seen and heard and understood. And I think it's talking about the topic of trust. And I know we didn't re- really even plan to go this way, but I love it is that when I can trust myself, now I can extend trust to my child for feeling or even my husband. Guess what? I can trust that he can manage that big emotion. It's not actually my job to help him through that. I'm not going to edit and manipulate how I deliver this boundary. Now I'm all about kind and clarity, confidence. You know, we need to be respectful of each other and come at it with like, big girl language, right? We don't have to throw a tantrum. That's why we said in the beginning, like make sure that that the timing is appropriate, but I can trust that my husband can handle this. I can trust that my kid can handle this, but that starts with the trust of self. We can only give what we have, you know? And so it all comes back to that rebuilding self-trust and, and sitting in that discomfort that, Ooh, they don't like this, but we're going to be okay. You know? Can I just say that my post yesterday broke down authoritative, authoritarian, and permissive parenting. And permissive parenting is, I don't trust myself to handle this situation, so I'm giving all the control to my child. Authoritarian is, I don't trust my child to handle this situation, so I'm going to control all of it. And authoritative is, I trust we can figure this out together and we can handle this. Yeah. I may not have the answer, right? Yeah. If my husband has this like big, huge reaction to me saying, you, giving a boundary, I may not have the exact answer of how we're going to come together as a couple and figure this out. But I trust that we will figure this out. I trust that I can handle it. I trust that he can handle it. And I trust that together we'll figure out how to navigate it. Good. And so I don't think there's not a formula there. There's mm-hmm. not a concrete answer. It's just leaning into this concept of, do I really trust that I am capable of doing this? I think it's also too like a fake it till you make it. And I know that that sounds really terrible, but I think that when we're breaking old patterns, right? When we're breaking free of like this early conditioning that no longer serves us, right? Being a people pleaser, being codependent, you know, fearing conflict, actually benefited us. Okay. We needed it for a while, but now we don't, now we don't. And so we can set it down. But I think that it's also just really being clear on the fact that, that it takes time. And like you said, it's not a formula. It's not a quick fix and that I can fake it long enough until I start believing it in myself. Meaning sometimes you just have to move your feet. Sometimes you just have to set the boundary and wait for the backlash. Cause again, if you're the first person in your family or your marriage, <laughs> or this is new, it's going to happen. Right. It's going to um, be uncomfortable. And the trust in yourself is built through the experiences. It's not like you have trust in yourself and then you set the boundary, right? The trust happens in these new experiences where you show up for yourself. It's not just going to fall on your lap. And so you kind of have to show up, get uncomfortable, deal with the child melting down. Cause you're, you know, you're setting the limit deal with the husband slamming the door at you and, and having a pout, whatever, dealing with that and knowing that you're going to come back together and you're going to be closer because of it. And then you sit down at night and you go, wow, I actually held the line. I'm really proud of myself. 
I didn't have to fix that. I didn't have to people please. I didn't have to come from the unhealed part of me. I'm actually stepping into who I'm becoming. And that's like that faking it until you believe it. And then all of a sudden it kind of snowballs and you're like, yeah, I'm totally worthy of this. Like I've seen the outcome and it's, it's built me back up. You know what this is reminding me of, and we totally didn't talk about this ahead of time, but it's kind of reminding me of Adam Grant's work of Atomic Habits and just taking clear. Oh, James Clear. Sorry. Well, I love Adam Grant. So Adam Grant was stretching. I kind of combined the two because Adam Grant's work, right? Learning new things and kind of just being the person you want to become even. But James Clear, thank you about the atomic habits. His whole question is, we love exercising and staying fit and all that stuff. So that's something we have in common. And if I say, okay, you know, I want to be a fit person, Well, I can't just wake up one day and say, I want to be a fit person, right? It's about those daily habits of showing up to the gym, even when I don't feel like going. And so asking yourself, is this something that a fit person would do? Right. Reforming your identity. Right. So it's like, I want to be this person who can set boundaries. Is this something that a boundary setter, like... It's like reverse engineering, you know? One of his totally. examples in his book, that's like my top five books because it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's amazing to me. I'm like, yeah. oh, I wish I would have wrote this. Uh, so you know, simple, but it's so profound. Yeah, it's like, what is my new identity? Who am I becoming? And honestly, it's really like, what am I unbecoming, right? Because that's we've already, always been this person. Innately in our core, we're this person. But with my members, I tell them we have these layers of like Mm -hmm. armor that we build up. And so now we're just getting back to who we are. But, you know, he talks about like when you're trying to quit smoking. So that's a pattern of behavior, right? Right. Instead of telling people, oh, I'm trying to quit. You tell them I don't smoke. It's such a shift, but you're taking ownership of, I'm I'm not even doing that anymore. But if you sit in that point of like, I, you know, I'm trying to quit, then there's like this. I'm working at this. I don't really believe it. I don't really trust myself as opposed to, I don't smoke anymore. Right. You know, such a powerful. Fake it till you make it. That statement gets a lot of flack sometimes, but you know, sometimes like to be honest and we have honest parenting conversations all the time. We're two moms in the trenches, you know, it's like, Hey, I don't feel like a compassionate mom today. Like my empathy tank is so dang low right now, but you know what? Sometimes it's just about showing up and faking it till I make it. And look, is fake empathy as effective and as meaningful and as connecting as real empathy? No, of course not. But sometimes I've just got to help myself believe it to get started. Sometimes you do have to power through. Sometimes we, again, we talked on the phone a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, is this just a season for me that like, I just kind of have to like, Get through, and you're like, I think so, because you know, sorry, I got a bunch of things you want. (laughs) Like some things, just there's no real tool belt for. You just kind of have to like pray and drink your coffee and (laughs) This episode is made possible by Kaylee's core community. The core community membership is a community of people committed to intentional parenting through the power of relationships. All members gain access to The Vault, which has over 20 workshops on topics ranging from parental triggers to whining, with a new one added every single month on so many various topics. 
Members also get workbooks, journals, inventories, books for children, and a weekly Q&A with Kaylee, all within a private website and a private Facebook group where we share weekly commitments, parenting wins, encouragement, and solidarity for those tough parenting moments. Learn more at www.kayleekukla.com backslash core, C-O-R, which stands for Centered on Relationships. The link is in the show notes. Now back to this core conversation. Okay, so switching gears just a little bit, but not really. I think this is a really nice segue into how do we work through creating boundaries that are meant to be enforced as a team. So, and I really want like talking about this in the parenting context, because this is a question I get all the time. I don't know if your members, not all your members are parents, so it might not be as prevalent, but you know, I think X, my husband thinks Y. And so there's this big inconsistency of how we're handling the situation. Where are those moments we can get on the same page? With it, so that we can commonly assert the boundaries. And I think what's really interesting about your work is this happens within like an in-law situation or extended family. It happens with children. So what's that first tool that you give people? So I, yeah, there's so many angles that this can be applied to, not just obviously the parenting side, as you mentioned, but I think it's really important to talk about like your non-negotiables. And so, for example, my husband and I, he kind of handles his mom, but like if there's, we, we've had some conflicts, some challenges, him and I, in the last couple months of just how we were approaching things. And I'm learning more as I become a mom and even working with you, Kaylee, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of headed this way and he's still going this way. And I'm like, no, we need to kind of get on, <laughs> on board. And so sometimes you need to hire a professional like Kaylee, because they can kind of hear better through somebody like that. But I have found for the women I work with and myself personally is getting clear on my non-negotiables because if we have 20 things that we're working at, typically there's a theme there. What is the theme? So I know you're big on safety. So am I, I love like brain body science. And so safety is almost like always the thing for me. If we're clear on our non-negotiables. So like with my husband, I would typically approach it with like, I statements. And this is kind of like just a really effective communication tool, whether you're setting a boundary or not, where we don't come at them again, find that moment where it's like, you've had a connection hour, everybody's chill. You're not coming at them when you're triggered and Mm -hmm. talk about it from a standpoint of I or our family goals, because if the husband or the partner feels the blame on something, they're going to shut down. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? And so coming at it from that team perspective, because that's the goal. I want to be on board with you with this. I want to interject here real quick about a common thing, that situation where moms are like, I'm going to give a really concrete example. Dad's it's disrespect and disrespect will not be tolerated in this house. That is you know, and, and I tell people, I'm like, so join that first. The family goal here is to then raise respectful children. Right. We're just going about it like your paths. We're just going about it two different ways, for example. So I think, you know, we're not, I don't think we can take that to like a non-negotiable thing, but taking that to what well, we could, but taking that to a place of like, what is that shared goal? What is that common? Because then it's, we're together on this 
we're at least finding where the starting point is. Even if we start to diverge different ways, we're finding the starting point. Well, and going back to that, it is a non-negotiable because I want my child to feel safe. And so if you are reprimanding them because they're not respecting you, you're actually utilizing fear to get them to behave. And so if you talk with your partner about what does disrespect actually look like? Like this goes back to one of the steps I walk my members through is uprooting old beliefs. And so that's a big one because if we believe that disrespect or respect is actually giving me eye contact, listening to me sitting down during dinner. No, that's actually just getting your kids to behave the way that makes you feel good. That's what that is. So let's get really honest about what it is that we are, what the legacy we are leaving in our families, what our values are, what our beliefs are. And you know this. And so I think with a partner that says, it's really just getting to the core of that and saying core, no pun intended. Like I planned <laughs> that. <laughs> is, you know, just asking and like, and coming to your partner with, as a friend, because right, you guys are friends and you have a common goal, which is raising really kind rock star kids, right? That feel safe and secure. I mean, that's the goal. And so I think that really just peeling back those layers and saying, what is it that bothers you when she, says that? Or what is it that bothers you when he throws that thing? Or what is it? And then kind of coming together as a team and going, okay, because I, our partners have needs too, right? They do want to feel respected. But I think the bigger goal is the child probably feels unsafe. They're probably hungry. They're probably tired. You know what I mean? And it really has nothing to do with you, honey. Like, it's really just like these common, like, like human needs that aren't being met. So let's get all of that knocked out. And so I've had to have that conversation with my husband as well, because we come from a generation of like, you know, you listen when I tell you what to do and whatever. And it's a, it's a really big shift that has to happen. But I will tell you that once they make the shift and once they see that they're connecting more with their child, their child is feeling more safe. And now they're actually getting the behavior of respect that they want. They're like, oh yeah, I got this, you know, and it kind of works hand in hand. Yeah. And I think going back to the non-negotiable of safety, it's really interesting to me when you start talking to dads. And now this is just because we both work mostly with, I work mostly with women. You work with exclusively women, right? So most of our experience is conversation of woman to woman. And when you start talking to the men, a lot of times there's this entanglement of fear and respect as one. Oh, yeah. Right. And because in our generation, like in my, it was equated fear and respect, fear and obedience was respect. And so I think another really interesting thing, if the non-negotiable is safety saying, well, what is your relationship? Like, this is your relationship right now. What's the common family like goal of what we want our relationship to look like in 10, 20 years? What does your relationship look like? with your fear is respect, original caregiver. Yeah. Always going back to that early and what messages did we learn about that? And really looking at that, you know, the family of origin inventory is what, you know, we do is we look at that because we parent how we were parented unless Mm -hmm. we decide differently. And so it takes real intention and it takes really looking at Wait, why? And and asking yourself, the kids don't need to do anything. The kids are being totally appropriate, right? They're being kids. They're being kids. It's all of our work. And so 
if we can just stop and spend some time. And that's why I love the partnership idea of it is like, I'm not attacking you. Like, let's really like look at this and ask ourselves, are we functioning from a place of fear and just automatic responses because of our conditioning? Or are we going to like get intentional about our parenting and say, okay, if safety matters, if connection matters, then what does that look like for us? And it's hard, especially with in-laws and people watching and at play dates. And, you know, that's Ooh. where I've gotten people asking me lately with boundaries and how to kind of, now you're enforcing it with your child and you and your partner on this certain page or this wavelength together. And then other people are watching. That's like, whew, that's like the perfect storm. Well, you know? and that is going back to your people pleasing. Cause you released like a people pleaser course within your membership. Was it last month already? Feels recent, like March. It was like March. Yeah, like that's still last yeah. month, girl. We're still. Oh in yeah, it's still last month. Don't rush me. But you know, that's where I think becoming aware of our own tendencies is so powerful too, because I call it performative parenting when we start parenting for our audience instead of for our children. Yeah. And listen, I've given into that too, you know, like there's so much pressure, but being so aware of the core values, the non-negotiables, like the family goals and saying, okay, what am I playing those old scripts of trying to please, trying to gain acceptance of all these people? Am I that afraid? Here we go with the fear again of other people's judgments. Is that affecting how I'm showing up for my children? Well, and if you parent out of fear or you're in your marriage out of fear or you're in your, with a relationship with your in-laws out of fear, it's only going to produce anxiety, control, people pleasing, codependency. Like it doesn't produce connection, joy, safety, you know, empathy. And so, you know, that's like your wait. And by the way, you can choose where you spend your energy and resources. Being a gentle parent is a lot of hard work. It's exhausting. It's tiring. (laughs) But at least at the end of the day, not always, but most days I can feel proud of myself. I showed up, I put in the good hard work, right? There's hard work and there's good hard. And I'm producing fruit in my children. That's like, they feel seen, they feel safe, they feel connected. Me and my husband are rewriting our own beliefs and our values for our family. We're breaking generational cycles. Or I can put in all my resources to be exhausted and anxious and pissed off and annoyed and disappointed and resentful. So we always have a choice. Either way, you're going to be tired, but <laughs> you know, yes. you might as well be tired and, and get the result that you want. But it's just that it's that rewiring, it's being intentional. It's really, and you're good about this, being curious, you know, like, wow, what is this bringing up for me? What is the message I'm telling myself about this? Have, and talking to your partner about that. Have I ever shared with you my story about that phrase? What? About I'm what, what story am I telling myself? Oh, no. So the first time I heard that phrase, I was listening to a Brene Brown book on tape like on, you know, my phone, whatever audio. And this was years ago. Ethan was a little baby. Right. And so I'm sitting there in my car. I'll never forget listening to it. And I was like, what is she talking about? Stories that I'm telling myself, like it, it made no sense because our lens is so, we just, you know, um, Ibram, 
Kendi uses the analogy of like, it's like walking out in the rain your whole life. And you don't even know you're wet because it's all you've ever known until someone hands you an umbrella. Wow. It's good. Yeah. Right. Because you don't even know it's there until someone says it doesn't have to be this way anymore. You don't have to live in this fear, like this chronic state of fear and anxiety. And it just feeds and it's this vicious circle and feeling like the weight of the world is always on your shoulders because you can say, you know what? Nope. Yeah. It's not mine. It's not mine. You guys take, and whenever we, people don't like when they've been able to offload it on us, their whole, like the whole relationship, they don't like it when we put that weight back on them because it's heavy. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think you know, the biggest boundary that we have to put or maintain and set is on ourselves. And it's like you, when you work with parents, they usually come to you saying, my child is acting X, Y, Z. I don't know what's going on. It's always working on the parent, right? It's, you know, it's, away my secrets. I know, <laughs> right. But it's the same with my members and my clients is that we give away ourselves and then we blame people for taking, you know, and it's the same with our children. It's the same with our spouse. And it's really hard to get honest with ourselves about the way we show up in relationships and the expectation we have and the needs that we have, you know, we want people to feel like we want people to remind us that we are enough. We want people to validate us. We're so hungry. We're so desperate to feel safe because a lot of us didn't feel that as a child. And so it's really hard to set the framework, the structure for ourselves and our family. Cause we, we didn't really, we weren't modeled that. And kind of going back to that marriage thing, I will share with you that just like modeling to a child, the behaviors and the, you know, emotional regulation that we want, it's the same in our marriage. You know, I found that if I can do things a certain way that he almost eventually gets on board because he wants to be my teammate. And I've shared with him the analogy of a football coach. You know, that's how my husband thinks, but you know, he's the coach and we've got to do these plays, you know, and the team has to know how to win. And like, this is how we win. <laughs> you know, we want to win. I'm just thinking, I'm laughing at myself because y'all have to play zone defense with four kids. You know, I we can do time. like man on man, but y'all do zone. Now, we divide and conquer on most weekends. I'm like, you take those two and do that. Because the four of them, we like just (laughs) consumed. And uh, so, but yeah, and I think it's really, you know, and I think, again, if we go back to like, let's be a team on this and what's best for the team, I think it helps and not attacking our partner, not attacking our children and just really knowing what our responsibility is and what isn't is really important. So I want to end on that note and pull something out that you said that I think we didn't touch on, but it's been this reoccurring theme in the conversation. So I just want to make sure we're explicit with it. There has to be, and not for all boundaries, right? Because we can set boundaries with anybody. We can set boundaries with like the person standing behind us in the cash in the grocery store. Like, hey, you're too close. Back up, please. But <laughs> that was before COVID for me. Like, I need my bubble. But... When it's that intimate partner, whether it be a spouse, whether it be, you know, extended family or with our children, the foundation is always connection because in order to think like a team, like coaches on a team, 
there has to be, like, I think of Ted Lasso. I'm upset. I love Ted Lasso. But, you know, he spends Ted, and what makes him an incredible coach is he doesn't even understand soccer. What he does understand is the power of relationships and connection. And so if, you know, maybe if there's this underlying anxiety, there's this underlying fear maybe the place we start isn't with the boundary. Maybe it really is with the connection or maybe that is the boundary, the first boundary of like, hey, where is us in all of this? You know, the Easter Bunny brought Ethan a um, corkle, which is kind of like Scrabble with shapes and colors. And so we just kind of play it for fun with the kids, but there's a point system that you can play with. And I looked at my husband, I'm like, we're totally doing this after the kids go to bed tonight. He's like, We just need to find a way to have fun together. We're both like in the trenches right now with like work and his training and all these things are coming up in our family. And like, we just need this connection right now. Just have fun together a little bit. I I think that that's extremely important because people that come to me with this myth around boundaries and we work through motives, like, you know, a motive to set a boundary isn't punitive. It's not to control. It's not Mm -hmm. to manipulate. It's not to Mm -hmm. pay back. So we get clear. Then we talk about the myths around boundaries, that they're selfish, that they're unloving, that they're unkind. Again, that's the belief system that we have playing off of what you just said. It really is. And this is like my passion is that we actually love each other better. We're more connected when we have a boundary practice. And so it is motivated by a desire to say, Hey, this is what I need. Or I'm, you know, with a parent, as a parent, you know, we have to sometimes tell our kids what they need because they don't know what they know. Right. They're They're new to this. Right. And so we have to set that framework for them and it also establishes that safety. And so, yeah, I think that that's, that's really important. And I think that it's not until you are in your boundary practice that you get to to feel that and see that because I had a post uh, a couple months ago and it was, you know, show me a relationship without boundaries and you'll see anxiety, you'll see resentment, you'll see fear. And so that's the risk we take. So we're afraid to set boundaries but now we're willing to live with all this in between us, right? Here's the person you love. Here's you. And we have a guessing game. We have anxiety. We have bitterness. Now I'm mad at you because you can't read my mind. And there's all this crap, or we can decide to pick up a boundary practice and say, yeah, this is uncomfortable. And this is new to me, but I'm willing to to do that because I want to be connected with you. I want to have a relationship with you or we can't have a relationship with you anymore because I want to have a good, safe relationship with my child, right? There's that dynamic. And so for myself or myself. And so I need to be healthy for my child. You know, that's the whole grandmother, grandfather thing that I work with women about, but still it's motivated by a desire to be deeply authentically connected with their child and to break free from that garbage. Mm. So yeah, you're spot on. It's all relationships. It's all being loved and loving well, being connected. That's at the heart of it. I love it. I think that's a perfect place to end. I think, you know, it really just I know your heart on a personal level, but I think that really does encompass the heart of the work that we do when we present to the world is that this really is a practice of love. Boundaries aren't meant to, I love that. They're not meant to control. They don't come from a place of fear. They truly come from this place to love and be loved and to be in relationship and connection with people. And I just think that's really beautiful. So 
Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for this conversation. I'm sure it'll just be life giving to the members. And guys, I can't even tell you enough to go check out Courtney's page, look at her work, look at her workshops. When I tell you it has changed my life, it is not an oversimplification. We had a question about books and articles on boundaries. You have a list available that we can, I'll put in the post for members. Great. Yeah. And my blog, one of my blog posts has like my top seven healing reads, one of them being Atomic Habits, um, but there's a bunch of, I mean, I love it, but there's like Codependent No More. There's like some really good basics that. Awesome. Um, yeah. Thank you. Great. So we'll send people there. Thanks so much, Court. Thanks Thank for being you. here. Have a good one. See you. Thank you to Courtney for being here. I just love this conversation so much because it truly was just a conversation between friends. She is one of my safe people in real life and has encouraged me along my healing journey. This was just one of the weekly Q&As that I host in my core membership. So if you're interested in learning more, head over to www.kayleekukla.com. Thanks for being here and sharing, posting, reviewing, liking, and all of the encouragement you share over social media. I am just so grateful for you. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you right back here next time. Mm -hmm.